continue with uh, the message on the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which are the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the church. And uh, we'll talk about the revelation gifts, uh, there's revelation power, because when there is revelation, power goes along with it for our deliverance. Father God, we ask that you minister to us today by your word and speak to us. We are ready to accept what you say. Your word says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. That's what we want to be today, to be willing and to step out with boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we'll be dealing with the revelation gifts, but I want to go back and talk about the ones, we, the ones we've discussed before. First, we need to realize that the Bible says concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. God is saying when it concerns spiritual gifts, he doesn't want you to be ignorant. There are many Christians who have lived their Christian lives for so many years. They can tell you the number of years, 20 years, 30 years. How come you've been a Christian for over 30 years and you still don't understand what God says I don't want you to be ignorant about? So we need to know these things. When the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to be ignorant, I will study to find out what these things are, and if they're part of my life as a Christian, I want to participate in what the Holy Spirit is doing. Is that important? It's not just a hear a message, okay, that's good, that's fine, maybe someday in the future. There is no day in the future. With God, it is now. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. So we want to listen to God's word and then with an attitude that, well, if that's the word of God, I want to be a part of it. If God is asking me to do something, I'm going to do it. Now in John, in John chapter 14 verse 12, Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. How many believers are here this morning? How many of you believe in the Lord Jesus this morning? You are a believer. Jesus said, the Son of God said, He who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And he's talking about the miracles, the signs that he did, the healings, and all of that. And that's for you, and that's for me. We have to think on it, we have to believe it, and we have to try by the grace of God to act out what God has promised us in his word. Amen. So we have to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are the manifestations of the Spirit of God. We cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, we can do all things. There is nothing that's impossible with the Holy Spirit alongside with us doing the work of God. Everything is possible. So all we need to do is trust the Holy Spirit, step out in faith, know that it's possible you can make mistakes, you may be able to, you may make some mistakes, but the Holy Spirit may not even allow that to take place in your life if He knows that's going to discourage you. He'll work with you and encourage you to keep going. So that is what this is all about. Now, we talked about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are divided into groups. We have the first group, which we call the vocal gifts or the inspirational gifts. That's the, something has to be spoken. And that has to do with uh, tongues, 
interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Those gifts are really important during corporate worship. Every time we come together to worship, God, Paul says, I would rather somebody is speaking in tongues for interpretation, or somebody is giving a word of prophecy, or some, so that everyone is edified. So the purpose for the vocal gifts is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So when you hear a word of prophecy, he should bring you some comfort. He should encourage you. He should build you up. He should make you want to do something or let go of certain things and then pursue after God. It's not supposed to cause you to be afraid. If it causes you to be afraid, most likely it's not coming from God. Doesn't mean it's coming from the devil. It could be coming from a human spirit. So we really need to understand that. That's the vocal gifts or the inspirational gifts. Then we have the power gifts. That's the working of miracles, the gifts of healings, and the gift of faith. Those gifts are responsible for signs and wonders. When they operate, you see a sign, you see a wonder. The, in John, John called the miracles that Jesus did signs. So the, those gifts will produce signs. Strong faith coming from God that is not of your own making will produce a sign, a miracle in the house of God, and people will see it and they will believe. But with the revelation gifts, that's the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirit, these are revelation gifts, and what they do is to prepare the person for deliverance. And they can bring deliverance, I mean instant deliverance into a person's life. What the revelation gives are is to reveal something that's secret, something that is unknown, something that the one whom God is using can have no way of knowing, or has no way of knowing, except by the Holy Spirit. So God puts it through the person, and when the word is spoken and is received, deliverance takes place. And so we'll be talking about those this morning. And we'll start with the word of wisdom. So the word of wisdom is to throw light into a dark situation where there is uncertainty, no one knows what to do, don't understand what God says, don't understand the word adequately, and there is a lot of confusion, arguments, and all of that, and nobody really understands uh, what is going on. Uh, to agree on one thing, that's where the word of wisdom comes in from God, and the matter is settled. The word of wisdom from God is not wisdom from God. That doesn't mean if God gives you the word of wisdom, what, you have, what you're given is the word of wisdom, not wisdom. If you receive wisdom from God, you still won't know everything. And if you have the word of wisdom, it's a word of wisdom given to you to deal with a certain situation, a certain problem. And that's it. It doesn't give you wisdom from God where you know everything. It's just to deal with that one situation. And when it's over, you have wisdom, you have knowledge in that particular area because it's given to you by God. Now, some of you, try, maybe you were out somewhere trying to defend the, the Lord. And they're arguing and, and, and you're talking to them, you're trying to defend the word of God, and you, you're getting nowhere with it. And all of a sudden, you start speaking, because they put you in a corner, and you start speaking, and as you speak, you listen to yourself. And you're wondering, he, where did I get this great wisdom? I mean, that's happened to before. 
And I've listened to that happen to me. I open my mouth, start spe- uh, or, uh, and then I start, and then the words roll out. And I'm listening to myself. I'm wondering, hey, that was pretty smart. Where did this come from? <laughs> Amen. That's the word of wisdom. And usually when it takes place, it settles the matter. There's no more argument. Everyone is clear with what's going on. It's called the word of wisdom. And sometimes they may argue, but they know you're right. They just, they're frustrated. That's why they killed Stephen. Because God was using that, that gift, that gift was really at work in Stephen's life. They couldn't resist him. They didn't know how to refute what he was saying. As far as they they were concerned, he's got to die. And Paul got saved. Now if you read in Acts chapter 6, Verse 9 through 10, it says, And there arose some from the, what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. He's the spirit of wisdom. The manifestation of they couldn't resist it. They couldn't, they couldn't refute it. They said, these guys got to die. They started telling lies. And that's what happens. I remember once uh, in my days uh, the UGA, I went to meet with some of my Christian friends, and uh, they were unbelieving friends. I, I had to be very careful uh, to determine how close I got to these friends of mine. They loved me and I loved them, but there was a wall there and I knew the wall. It was, they were not Christians. But I always go to them from time to time, spend some time with them, talk about God back and forth. One of them, I think he's a professor somewhere in Ohio now, he says he's a believer. I haven't seen him since those days and I'm not sure. But I was in his home and there was a, a, a leader from the Church of Christ in that home talking to them. And I was glad when I got in to see that somebody had come to witness to my friends, okay? I didn't know it was a Church of Christ uh, leader. And uh, I sat down to listen, and most of it, what he was saying was good. But he kept pressuring them about baptism. You, you just come to the Church of Christ and get baptized and, and wash away your sin. And get baptized and wash away your sin. So I, I finally, I got really frustrated. I decided this, I'm not going to be quiet about this. I know some Christians say, don't argue about the word of God. Well, Paul disputed, right? <laughs> I dispute when I'm hurt, you know, somebody says something, I, I know it's not scriptural. So I started telling the guy, no, water baptism doesn't take away your sin. Your water cannot wash away your sin. The blood of Jesus, the Bible says, is what washes away our sins. First John, I believe it's one, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, tells us that. You know, if we fellowship with the Father, then we're fellowshiping, we're fellowshiping with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. I quoted that to him. He said, yes, yes, you're right. It's the blood, but it's the water that takes you to the blood. And I said, I've never heard anything like that. So you mean baptism, when you are baptized, it takes you to the blood. So every time you need the blood, you got to get baptized again. I said, what is this? I showed him several scriptures. He showed me from Acts chapter 2, where Paul, I mean Peter had said, repent and be baptized. You see, when you repent, you are baptized. And then you can receive the Holy Spirit. 
And then he showed me another scripture from Acts 22 where Paul, Paul was recounting what happened to him when he got saved. That Ananias came in and said, Paul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the way, he sent me to you so that you can receive your sight. Why don't you rise up now and be baptized, washing away your sins? He said, you see, it's the water that washes away sin. I said, no, absolutely not. If we confess our sins... God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He has nothing to do with baptism. Baptism is part of this, but it's not baptism that frees you uh, from sin. It's the blood. He said, no, son, young man, it is the baptism that brings you to the blood. And then he kept talking to these fellows. And after he talked, I mean, these unbelievers, they were really enjoying themselves. Watching two people, two Christians argue, you know. <laughs> they were having fun with us as we were arguing back and forth. They go this way and they will say, what have you to say now? And I answer, they go back to the guy, what have you to say? And then finally, I guess he was enjoying the contest, the guy from the Church of Christ. He finally said, young man, you have not given me one scripture, not one scripture to prove your case. I said, sir, I've given you several. But every time I give them to you, you say the water is the, the one that leads you to the blood. I don't have any scripture. He said, yes, that's my point. You have not shown me one scripture. You are in error. And all of a sudden, God gave me a word of wisdom. And this fellow didn't know where I was going with it. That's why it's good to, for you to study your scriptures. Because the Holy Spirit will take them and all of a sudden he threads them together. I knew where I was going with it. So I said, sir, have you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10? He said, yes, he knew this Bible well. I said, well, the Bible said that the children of Israel were under the fire and under the cloud. And they went through the Red Sea and they were baptized unto Moses in the Red Sea. He said, that's right, son, that's right. They were baptized. That's what I'm telling you. They were baptized Unto baptism is important. So I said, okay, which came first? The blood or the water? Because the blood was applied first while they were in bondage, right? And they were already free, saved, amen, on their way to the promised land before they got to the Red Sea, right? So I told him, now, you agreed with me. That they were in bondage just as we were in bondage to sin. You agree with me that God delivered them. And now, which came first? The blood? Is it the blood that is taking them to the water or the water that is taking them to the blood? He says, son, I never thought about that. End of argument. And I felt like I was really smart. (laughs) Guess what? I never knew that until that very hour when he was pushed. He was pushing me and pressuring me to come up with something. And just God did that. God would do it for you too. Amen. That's why we're teaching these things. Go out, try ministering to people. Don't just hold back. Don't say, I have nothing to offer. When they come to you with a problem, don't start showing them. Go talk to this. Begin to talk to them. God will use you. Speak to them. Minister to them. That's what this is all about. Amen. Is the word of wisdom from the Lord that we speak. It's dark, but God will make it right. 
if you know the scriptures, Paul and Barnabas, they came, I believe it's Acts 15, they, were, they disputed with, with the Jews living among the Gentiles about circumcision. And it was really tough. And they said, well, you guys need to go back to Jerusalem, find out from the apostles, and they'll tell us what to do. When Paul and Barnabas got to the apostles, there was a great argument among the brethren. Some said they need to be circumcised, and there was a big fight. And then all of a sudden, Peter stood up and said, Now, nah, listen, he, God was the one that sent me first to the Gentiles. I went to Cornelius' home, and I ministered to Cornelius' home. And God filled them with the Holy Spirit, even before they were circumcised. He accepted them just as he accepted us. Circumcised, uncircumcised, the same. He gave us the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to trouble them. And they were all silent. No one said anything. But have you told uh, kids to sit down and they sit, but they are really still angry? They want to stand? <laughs> he said, I'm sitting, but I'm really standing inside of me. They were quiet, but they were not happy with what uh, Peter had said. They were still not happy with it. And then they said, okay, now, uh, Paul, Barnabas, tell us what God has been doing. And they spoke. James, the brother of Jesus, was quiet. He wasn't saying much. And then all of a sudden, when they got through, he started speaking. And just started quoting scriptures to them. And then he told them exactly what should be done. And after he spoke, guess what? It was a word of wisdom. Everybody was happy. Everybody, nobody had any confusion. The whole crowd, the whole congregation. Yes, that's exactly what we should do. They forgot their position. They took to what God said. It was the word of wisdom that God spoke through James to his brethren. And God can use you on a one-to-one or dealing with a lot of people. They come with a question, it's so difficult. You have no answer. They're asking you, tell us something, what can we do? And you start speaking. And your Father, the Spirit of God, gives you the words to speak. And they say, thank you. Guess what? They're delivered. It's the word of wisdom. Amen? First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. It says, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Is that hidden wisdom, something that's hidden, that God will bring out in the moment of time to bring help to his people. Amen? The next one is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is the Holy Spirit revealing, again, what is unknown and what is secret. And usually it's dealing with an individual, dealing with one individual. God brings out this, gives uh, this revelation, the word of knowledge, and you can tell exactly what is happening. And God can do that right here. While we're ministering to one another, you can ask a question. Now, when God gives you a word of knowledge, don't go, thus said the Lord. Don't do that. Because many people make this mistake, they will say, the Lord said. And then, because we are humans, sometimes we have, we, that's the next thing we're going to talk about. We have to discern when God is speaking, uh, when our own spirit is speaking, 
Or the devil is speaking, and, and believe me, <laughs> these three will always speak. You have to discern which one is doing this job to me, who is, who is speaking to me. You need to know that before you step out. And sometimes you may step out in faith. If it's the human spirit, it's, it won't be any, no damage will be done. But if it's the, from the enemy and the people receive it, there's going to be a problem. This morning I'm trying to teach something, amen? amen. So you need to know how. To do that. The best way with the word of knowledge, when God gives you a word of knowledge, is not to say what you've heard, put it in a question form, and it won't take anything from it. If you really know for sure, then you can talk around it till the person confirms it, and then you go for it. You understand what I'm saying? God gives us words of knowledge. Let me read something in the Old Testament, the way God, he'll let you know what's, what you shouldn't know about, and he gives you everything, and so you can talk about it. But just that, nothing more. Just what he wants you to know. In First Corinthians chapter 14, I mean First Kings chapter 14, verse 4 through 6, it says, And Jeroboam's wife did so, she arose and went to Shiloh, and came to the house of Ahijah. Now, that was a prophet, the prophet that prophesied to uh, Jeroboam that he was going to be king in Israel. But he had backslidden from God and was doing his own thing, worshiping idols, and his son got sick. And God was going to take that son. He had done everything with his gods. He's done everything with his physicians. Nothing was happening. Then he remembered the, the prophet that told him that he was going to be king. And now the prophet had become a, an old man. And he wanted his wife to go see the prophet and get a word from that prophet. He trusted that prophet. But he wanted his wife to disguise herself so that she wouldn't appear to be the wife of the king. And that's exactly what the wife did. She went. It says, but Ahijah, that's the prophet, could not see, for his eyes were glazed by reason of his age. Now the Lord has said to him, this is the word of knowledge, the Lord has said to him, that's to Ahijah, here is the wife of Jeroboam coming to ask you something about her son, for he is sick. So now the prophet knows the wife of Jeroboam is coming, and I know what he's com- she's coming to ask. He's, she's coming to ask about her son that is sick. He says, Thus and thus you shall say to her, for it, it will be when she comes in that she will pretend to be another woman. So he now knows she's pretending to be somebody else. Knows everything. God is revealing, revealing everything supernaturally to this prophet. And so it was when Ahijah heard the sound of her footsteps as she came through the door, he said, come in, wife of Jeroboam, come in. So <laughs> you can't hide it. He says, why do you pretend to be another person? Basically, uh, no secret anymore. And then he delivered the message. God can do that. God will give you a word of knowledge. I've shared this year before, but uh, while, while I was in uh, Texas A&M, uh, there was a girl on campus that was referred to me that had a, a problem, had two demons that followed her uh, from the time she was a child in a Catholic church. And she said, not even my mother knew about it. The thing with the word of knowledge, once it's given of its right, the other person opens up and they're ready for deliverance, for freedom. You help me out. 
because they know you have no way of knowing. And when I'm going to, if I'm going to minister to you, you have to trust me to minister to you. If you don't trust me to, to get God to minister, nothing's going to happen. That's why the people trusted Jesus. He was the son of God. They can reach God through this man. They went to him. But she came, they told me about her, and they told me she was coming. And because she had inquired on campus, and they said, well, we don't understand your problem. She wasn't telling them everything. She was just telling them bits and pieces. They didn't understand what the problem is. They said, well, there's this guy named Good Luck. He, he can help you. And I was getting ready to go to a science conference to speak. And I knew I had to prepare myself well because there will be scientists from all over the world and they will pepper me with questions. And I wanted to be able to answer their questions after my presentation. So I had no time for that kind of stuff. It's going to take me a while uh, to understand what the problem is and to deal with it. And so I was, I was getting ready. I made up my mind. I was just going to tell her, you come back when I'm free and I have time to do this. And I got back uh, home, and she was there waiting for me. And I'm sure she, was, she thought, you know, this is another trial. I've been in different places. Uh, I'm just going to try this guy again and see if it will work. And I could tell from the way she was acting, she wasn't very sure if I was going to be able to help. I'm sure she'd been somewhere else before. And then as soon as I got in, I sat down, and I put my books down, and I was ready to give her the excuse why I couldn't do it. And the Lord gave me exactly what was happening to her. I knew exactly what the problem was. And so instead of telling her that, the first thing I did was talk around. I said, lady, I know what your problem is. She turned, she stopped playing, and she turned, and she was staring at me. You do? I said, yes. And then I talked around it. I, talk, I didn't say the Lord showed me. I said, I know what your problem is. And I talked around it. And you could tell, for the first time, she felt like she was before somebody that knew and could help her. I went to that conference, and when I got back, she was right there. And she started telling me exactly, she said, nobody knows. No, I've never told anyone, not even my mother. It started when I was a Catholic girl in the church. It happened, started then. And I got these two demons following me. And uh, I couldn't tell anybody, don't think I'm crazy. But from the way you talk, I feel like you understand I need help. She got freed. Angela helped me to pray with her. She got freed and married a minister. Amen? And one of her problems, she couldn't get married. That was one of the issues that was in her life. God can give you a word of knowledge. And you can minister that. Don't be afraid to speak, but put it in the form of questions. Now, how does God do this? Sometimes he gives you words. In your heart, you have to discern. He's telling you an inform, uh, something about what's going on. You just speak it out. Maybe to the person, but put it in the form of question if you're dealing with a one, on a one-to-one -one basis. Sometimes he gives pictures. You see like a mini vision. Just a mini vision. And when you see that vision, you ask the questions. They, they will understand. I was dealing with one girl back in Nigeria, and uh, she had... This devil that followed her, and uh, every time she come, came into my home, I would ask her, where is he? She wanted freedom. And I said, where is, where is he? He says, he's standing out there. I said, why didn't he come in with you? He says, she says, he doesn't like your home. And I said, I can understand that. And then one day she started bragging on this demon. For the things that the demon uh, 
delivers to, to her. And I knew she was bragging and that they really irritated me because there was no way to free her because she was bragging on this demon. She wanted to be free somehow, but she didn't want to be free totally. And so I knew she was, something was wrong and she bragged to a point where I got so irritated and I said, well, God also, without knowing, I said, well, God shows me things as well. I don't need a demon. God shows me it's bigger. And all of a sudden, just in a tiny picture, I could see what the demon looked like. And she was sitting. And I said to her, uh, because his eyes, the demon's eyes, uh, the way it appears to her, I believe, were like pure gold. Pure gold. Just not like our eyes. Real pure gold. Everything about him is like gold. And so I, uh, she was sitting after I told her that, and I had that little picture. That was the word of knowledge. Just God letting you see a little bit. And I said to her, what is it with the eyes of this devil that appears to you? She jumped up. How did you know that? I didn't say anything. I didn't even describe it. But she knew there was something different with his eyes. And, and so she understood it. And that was not the only thing. I asked her a few more questions because I saw the demon. So I kept going from his physical look from one point to the other. And every time she would be asking, how did you know that? That's when to say, the Lord told me, okay? Don't go first. The Lord told me, and then you have to backtrack. And say, oh, I don't know. You go ask the question. They respond, and they say, how did you know that? Then you let them know, the Lord told me that. So sometimes you're standing around people, and this weird thought come, comes into your mind, and you say, what's going on? Ask the Lord. It might be God is trying to reveal something. Amen. I'm telling a lot of stories, but these are the areas. After Timpy walked with us, I was out there walking with a, a guy doing construction on campus, and these things, my heart just said, adultery, 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 just kept going. And this guy was walking. If he's near me, the words adultery will go through my head, but if he's off from me, none of that. So finally I asked him, what is this word adultery? Are you in adultery or something? He said, no. I said, oh, wow, I'm in trouble here. He said, I asked him if he was in adultery. That was the way I said. He said, no, I am in it right now and it's killing me. He said, the husband is in jail. If he gets out, I'm gone. <laughs> so I started ministering to him. So God can give words to you. And you can share. The story about John Wimber, I want to tell you about this, so important. God used John Wimber. How I many of you know John Wimber? John Wimber, God used him in this area of the word of knowledge greatly. John was in a, in a plane, and uh, there was a man sitting by him, a dignified fellow, and his wife was sitting by his side, on the other side. And uh, John said, there's another way God just so can see things in writing. That's the way he dealt with him. John turned around and looked and saw, on the, he said, on the man's forehead, the word adultery. And then he said, no, Lord, not here. <laughs> and then he looked back again. Just allow me to use the, the word uh, 
a name. I'm just using the name, Mary, okay? He looked back again and saw the name of the woman that he was committing adultery with on his, written on his forehead. Adultery first and then the name of the woman. And he said, Lord, no, not here. So finally, he struggled with the Lord whether to minister to this guy or not. And so finally, he says, Sir, come here, come here, come here. And the guy looked at us, dignified. Huh? Come here, come here, come here. So he leaned towards him. And then he said to him in his ears, What does this name mean to you? And name, the name of the woman. His wife didn't know. Nobody knew. And this stranger knew. He's, he's, he was shocked. He said, Sir, I've got to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. So both of them went up. You know, it's a 747, you know, jumbo jet. They both went up. And he was shaking how this stranger could tell the name of the woman. He said, sir, after the gum, how, how did you know that name? He said, the Lord told me. And if you don't stop committing adultery with her, God's going to kill you. I don't know. <laughs> the guy started shaking. He was shaking. He said, what do I do now? He said, you need to repent. The guy was willing to repent. But then John made it difficult for him. He said, I want you, after he had repented, he said, I want you to go down and tell your wife what you had been doing. He said, oh no. Am I going to do this? He said, I mean, you don't want to die, would you? I'd rather leave. I'll tell the truth. So he went down to tell his wife. They got there, he he sat by the wife, he says, "Uh, Darling, you see that guy there? And he said, yeah, I know this. (laughs) Yeah. He's a preacher. Yeah. And then he told, uh, he told me, (laughs) he told her everything that he said. He told me about the fact that I've been doing this and all of that. And she was so taken that this total stranger knew what her husband, I'm sure she had been suspicious of it. And this stranger had brought everything up with the name of the woman. And she couldn't handle it. She wasn't concerned about her husband's adultery. She was looking at this preacher. Wow. This guy, God really used him. And they both got saved. Both of them. She wasn't mad at her husband because she knew he was, he was repenting. That's the word of knowledge God can give you. Now, the word of uh, knowledge can also be uh, in the area of healing as well. So if you come, you were not feeling sick. All of a sudden, you start feeling sick. Or you're a headache. You don't have the history of having a headache. You have a headache. Sometimes God is trying to tell you there's somebody that has a headache. And if you speak the word, the person receives your healing... And the headache is gone. I've had that happen to me here. I felt something and I decided, okay, I, 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 it, wasn't at home, it wasn't with me when I got here. So how come I'm feeling this way? You speak the word before the service. You're free. Hopefully somebody got it. It's been a while now. But God does that. Richard Roberts used to have that. He'll feel the pain in his eye. He knows. That's how they can describe exactly what you're feeling. They say, you are feeling this pain in your right eye towards the corner because they're feeling it as well. And then they speak the word. As soon as the word goes and the person receives, the pain is gone. Isn't it a miracle? 
God wants to use us that way. How many are ready to be used of God? Amen. Amen. Let God use you. Just open up to His Spirit. Then I'm going to talk about discerning of spirits. That's the last one of the revelation gifts. Now, this discerning of spirits, when we talk about discerning of spirits in the church, for the most part, what people are thinking is to be able to discern when there is a devil behind it. That's not always the case. We have to discern there are three spirits that are operating on the earth today. Three kinds of spirit, if you will, if you will have it. First, there is the spirit of God. The spirit of God. And then with God, angels. They are holy. Then we have another kind of spirit, the devil's spirit, and his angels, demons. And then you have the human spirit. You have to be able to dis- uh, distinguish between these. It's not everything you have to always ask the Lord. Is this you? Is this God speaking before you, you step out? Be sure and learn to hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. If you haven't started learning to hear God's voice, learn that. The first thing to do is in your own private life. Let him speak things to you. Write those things down and watch those things come to pass. And then you'll learn how to hear his voice so you can step out and discern when it's the spirit of God or is some other spirit. Now, I hear a lot and I'm sure many preachers get frustrated because people of God says, the Lord said... I mean, you heard that. The Lord said. And then when you examine what they're saying, you know, (laughs) excuse me, the Lord, there's no way he could have said that. Now, it's not a demon that's saying it. It's just them, the way they feel. And so they project how what they're feeling, and they put it out, and people sometimes get offended by it. Now, I won't, you know, you don't get offended. You have to discern if this is coming from the spirit or human spirit or from God. There's a story of a woman that thought that Christians are so gullible and she felt like she can just go to that little church over there and she's going to tell them that the Lord has sent her to, to minister to them and to prophesy over them and to speak to them. She was a harlot. And she was telling this man, whoever was with, with her, and that she was going to go ahead and do this. And that the Christians will fall for it. The devil wasn't sending her. You understand what I'm saying? It was just a human spirit. She wanted to demonstrate something. It was in Satan. Satan may have initiated it, but she wasn't possessed. And so she went to the church to prove a point, and it, it was a happy situation, everyone was happy, God was moving, everyone was happy, and then she stood up and started speaking and demanded that God, they allow her to minister because God is sent her. But as soon as she said that, everything dampened in the place. Everybody hung their head, and they were thinking, what is going on? How do we do this? We don't know this woman. And there was a woman sitting by the side, she had her head down, they couldn't tell if it was the Lord or it was just the woman. It's not the devil, it's just the woman. But God gave this woman a word of knowledge. And after a while, she stood up and said, Lady, God didn't send you. 
you are a harlot. And if you don't repent, God is going to do with you. And she said a lot of things. And then the Spirit of God fell upon that place. And they all started worshiping and praising the Lord. When they opened their eyes, guess what? The woman was gone. So we have to learn to discern. It's not everything. Sometimes I've heard people say, God said, I knew God didn't say it. You know, I can pull scriptures to show that God didn't say these things. But I also know that it wasn't the devil. But now, there is a warning to that. When, when you know, you know, every word that is spoken has to be tried, tested. If you are being told this is not from God and you harden your neck and insist, guess what? It will go from your human spirit and the devil now knows there's an, there's an open door in your life. Guess what's going to happen? He come in. And to recover is not easy. For us as believers, you have to be able to discern. Is this just me? Especially if you're feeling a certain way. You know, maybe some, if you feel like, okay, there's something wrong in the church or something of that nature and uh, you want to correct it and all of a sudden you start thinking the Lord spoke to you. Be very careful. Make sure you are in neutral gear before you say a word. Because you already have an opinion. And when you speak that word in the name of God, you better, if it's not the Lord, you better repent. God won't do anything to you, but you've taken a real detour and you can destroy your life as a Christian. So we need to discern when it is God and when it is not God. Sometimes Satan is not there, he's just the human spirit. And you can discern when there is a devil. It's so easy to discern by experience and by how you feel. If you're really working for God, you can get into a place, they bring this person in, into your midst, and all of a sudden you are very uncomfortable. And they're saying something, it doesn't make sense to you, you just want to get out from the place. Guess what? There is an enemy there. A girl was brought to me for ministry. They thought, well, this girl is possessed. Come and do deliverance. And when I done deliverance, I, stood, I sat down there. They talked to me for a while. I, I didn't feel any presence of a demon. I said to them, there is nothing to cast out here. She's just experiencing one of the troubles that every Christian has to go, <laughs> have to go through. That was just the problem. So you have to discern between that the human spirit, the devil, and God. But you can know when God, when God speaks, He usually doesn't shout, it's a still, small voice. And if God is speaking through you, usually if they disagree, you will have the attitude, you don't argue. Okay, because you know you're learning. But the Bible says the, the, the wisdom of God is first peaceable, easy to yield, and you can entreat it. You can say, no, 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 let's, let's, this is not right. And they will listen. But when they harden their head and say, no, you know, you got something else coming. So we really need to understand that very well. There are certain ways you to know whether you are dealing with a demonic spirit. When I'm dealing with people, <laughs> what you say is what tells me what's going on inside of you. What comes out of your mouth is what's inside. 
And if it crosses a certain area, I already know there is a demon. You're dealing with a demonic force in your life because there is deception in that, in, in it. What you're saying. Look at what the Bible says, 4 John chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit. So don't believe every spirit. Test the spirit. We're told to do that, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Do they know they are false prophets? They don't know. If they know, they won't go out. They think they are real prophets. So you have to test the prophet. The prophet. Test the spirit. Okay? It says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses. So, confesses means it's through their words you will know. Through their words. That Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is of God. So, as they minister, they talk, you can begin to learn. This, they make you very uncomfortable. After a while, if you stay with that, before long you get very comfortable with it, and you stay with them until you die. Remember Jim Jones? You remember Jim Jones? When they say something and you can tell this is not from God, tell them, show, it, show me from Scripture. It doesn't make sense. And if you, if they, if you insist, they will. And if you make them uncomfortable, if you're a pastor, they may, may not want you there you know, with them for a while. They want you out so that they can continue what they're doing. But once you sit under that thing, before long, you will have a spirit of deception all over your life. It's still unimaginable for me to see how grown men and women will actually take poison and give to their own children. And you wonder, how did they get there? Were they not thinking? He's discerning the spirit. Some of them discerned it and they left. Others discerned it, they were hoping things would get better. It never gets better. Once God has shown you, you confront and you need to move. If they can show you from the world, it's fine. I have a pastor, and I'll close with this. When he started going away from the Lord, my very first pastor, when he started going away from the Lord, he was teaching all kinds of things that were not scriptural, but we thought it, was, it, wasn't, it, was, it doesn't matter. We just obey pastor. But before long, it was going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I went out with pastor, that was an issue. Pastor would deliberately tell a lie in my presence. I knew the truth. And say nothing, it doesn't bother him. So I started thinking something is not right. Now I won't go into that story very much, but before it all ended, when I was talking to pastor after my first three years in the United States, I went back to be with pastor, uh, to be with my people, and I left pastor's church. I met pastor in the marketplace. He had married, in addition to his wife, some lady that I knew in the church. And when I talked to him about it, he said, good luck, God told me to marry her. You know how people roll their eyes? Oh, Yes. Yes, God told you, but he can't be the God of heaven. Because you have your own wife. God couldn't, couldn't be telling you to do this. So we really need to allow these gifts to operate in our lives. Sometimes you can tell, but all of a sudden, God will give that discerning of spirit. And you can discern, this is not of God. And you need to speak out at that point. Amen? Amen. 
Would you stand up with me this morning? How many of you got information you can use today? Can I see your hand? Amen. No offense. I'm just trying to teach what I believe will help me and help you. It's a double-edged sword. It cuts that way. It cuts back this way. We are all together in this. And I'm going to ask some, some of our leaders, Irina, Angela, some of our leaders, please come up here. Our prayer partners, please come up. I need you guys to come and allow the Lord to speak a word over you. There's nothing devil here. If anything, it will be innocent from human spirit, but it could transform your life. Amen? You might hear something that will transform your life, something that you can use for battle today. Why don't you all come? Please come down here and uh, let the people of God minister to you. Believe the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you feel like you need ministry, please come down and let God minister to you. 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 I believe there's somebody here today that's a, a very, it's like something in your heart. It's so painful. It's not a sickness. It's a situation. It weighs you down. It's always heavy there. I believe God will begin to release that from your life and remove the sadness and the sorrow because of the things that's happened in the past. I need you to trust God. Receive the word and receive your freedom.